This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we explore how to create happier habits in our everyday lives. This week, we'll talk about why you might want to create a time capsule, and we will talk about a listener's question about how to help a rebel student get to school on time. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, the four tendencies, and human nature, and I'm in my little home office in New York City. Joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and Elizabeth, happy almost Halloween. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and Gretchen, I just located my Corgi Halloween t-shirt yesterday, so I'm ready. You're ready. Okay, I want to see that. I need a photo at some point. Before we launch in, we have a few updates. We love the calendar of Catalyst with all the dates across the year to help us remember to reflect and to think about what changes we want to make. Um, And we got a great response to our suggestion to celebrate 1010, October 10th, which is the 10 out of 10 day where you give yourself credit for everything that's going right. Yes. Beth Ann said, I listened to episode 398 and was struck by your brief mention of making the ordinary upcoming date, October 10th, into a special day, making it a 1010 celebration of something that is going great. I am a high school teacher in a highly competitive district. I begin each class with an attendance question to have a little fun before we get into our coursework. Making October 10th a celebration day was the perfect way to bring some joy to my class. I shared this with my classes and my students had so many great things to share. From excitement for homecoming to feeling relief that an MLB team is not advancing to being happy the fish in their aquariums are still alive. That was so fun. Yes. Yeah, I'll post a link to the calendar of Catalyst if people want that. And then sort of on the subject of holiday cards, I'm so interested in like, what a rich mine of thought and yes. planning and traditions around holiday cards. So we heard from a couple of people about holiday cards. Yes. Kim, who mentions that she is a former resident of Kansas City, Missouri, our hometown, Yay. says, while listening to episode 399, I recalled a crazy Christmas card project I worked on during that first holiday season of the pandemic. I was always one of those people who saved the Christmas cards slash photos I received every year. I had the inspiration to organize them since I had so much time on my hands. (laughs) I bundled each family's cards together chronologically and then mailed that little package back to them for Christmas. For some families, I had two decades of pictures to return. Wow, what a response I received. Phone calls, emails, and cards from so many old friends. It was a treat to hear that these cards reminded them of times past or filled in the gaps of their own holiday archives. I had fun receiving the cards initially, but thoroughly enjoyed returning the favor and decluttering as well. Whoa. 
Win, win, win. Yes. Well, this reminds me a couple years ago, probably my oldest friend, the person in my life who I've been friends with the longest, her mother happened to show me an invitation that I had sent as like an eight-year-old. My oh, birthday party invitation. And ever since then, I have zealously kept all of Eliza and Eleanor's birthday party invitations because it was so moving to me to see that. Yeah. I remember I had forgotten I remembered it. And so showing people these relics from their past can be yes. so powerful. But and this is also it's like it's not that valuable to you and you're clearing your clutter and you're creating something wonderful for somebody else. I thought this was beautiful. I have to say, I like, I get rid of the cards right away after the holidays, but a lot of people keep them. And so what do you do with them? So right. one person mailed them back and here's, we heard from Carrie who had a different solution. She said about 10 years ago, I started saving all our received holiday cards by punching a hole in the corner and tying them together with a holiday ribbon or twine. It started as a sentimental thing because it pained me to toss our friends and family's <laughs> faces in the recycling bin. It has become a highlight of each season as we take the box from its shelf and place it in a central place. My daughter, now 15 in particular, enjoys looking at how much families have changed over time. I place our family card in the cover and it serves as a nice family record of our seasons as well. Never too late to start this one and it does bring us so much happiness both in the season and at the end when we collect them all to be put together. So I think this is a great idea because it turns them into part of your holiday decorations. Yeah. It keeps them organized and coherent. I think that's a great idea. I love that. Um, do, here's a question yeah. for you, Elizabeth. Do you think people are sending more holiday cards or less? Because I think on the one hand, maybe COVID got people out of the habit. But then on the other hand, people are like really into photographs now and like milestone photographs. What do you think? Yeah, it's, I can't quite tell. I mean, one thing is because of social media, we see each other's photos all the yeah. time. I think well, they're less true. necessary. That's because true. you know what someone's child looks like because yeah. you see them online. So I'm not sure. And also you can email a, a holiday card. I've seen a lot of people doing that. That's one thing I know Absolutely. you're thinking about doing. Yes. So yeah, well, maybe this holiday we'll be able to see where the trend is going. Yes, I'm curious. And speaking of the holidays, we are going to do a gift guide. We try to do this every year where we have unconventional ideas for gifts. So any gift ideas, also we are looking especially for gifts to teachers and school staff, because many people mm. say, I need ideas for a teacher. Often they have monetary limits and things like that. So like, what and what do teachers want? They receive so many gifts, like what do they actually want? And then yeah. stocking stuffers, what are those fun little things that aren't just junk? Like you don't want to buy just like a bunch of stocking stuffers that nobody really wants. But then after you've bought the nice hand soap, what else <laughs> for yeah. a stocking yes. stuffer? And one more thing. What about ideas for things children can make? I think people really love mm. to get a handmade gift. Do you have any cool ideas for something that's pretty simple and straightforward that a child could make for a grandparent? You can break out your laminator or your comb binder. Mm -hmm. What else is there? <laughs> Let us know. We are gathering those. Yes. Okay. And our Try This at Home tip this week is to create a time capsule. Now, I am so interested in all different ways to hang on to memories and especially yes. things that are like not that 
time-consuming or expensive to do. And I was reminded of my interest in time capsules because we got this question from our listener, Erin. Yeah, she said, I'm expecting my first child later this year, and I've been thinking a lot about ways to capture moments of their childhood and create memories as they grow up. Things like celebrating minor holidays, the photo albums you put together, and the way you keep their notable documents organized in file folders. Do you have a resource available that summarizes these tips? I'd love to start implementing some of these ideas from day one. Okay, so this is a great idea. We do not have a compilation of all these ideas, though that's now on the to-do list. If people are interested, Mm -hmm. if that's something that you think would be interested, let us know and, and we can do that. But I think an idea that that we've never talked about before, and Elizabeth, we've never really thought about this before for ourselves, is to create a time capsule. Yes. I can't believe we've never done this before, Gretchen, because it just feels like something we should do. Yeah. You could do it for 2022, which is ending, or you could look ahead and say, okay, I'm going to do a time capsule for 2023 and sort of gather things throughout the year and put them in your time capsule. Yes. And we have two suggestions. I loved thinking about this, I have to say. Um, you know, it's just as a side note on time capsules, when I went to one of my, my 25th college reunion, it turns out that a bunch of guys I was friends with had made a time capsule when they were seniors to open at the 25th reunion. So we were all really excited. Like, now it's, like, it's yes. here. And so then they went to go find it. It turned out that the college had paved over it oh and made this gosh. paved terrace. And the last thing I know one guy said to the other guy, okay, you go get like a hatchet. And I'm and I was like, okay, I don't know what happened. I never heard. I hope they like abandoned that plan. I hope so. It was late at night. I could see them getting pretty far on it before they got stopped. So I hope it all ended well for them. But it was a really great idea. And it reminded me of how fun a time capsule could be. Yes. Um, so here, here are two ideas for time capsules. Okay. One is you use a box. And so on the happiness project site in the shop, there's this really very cunning storage box. It folds flat and it's just a really good size because it fits very well on a shelf. It's not so big that, you know, you got to like have a storage room in your basement or something. This is something that you right. can put on a regular closet shelf and it's big enough to hold stuff, but it's not so big that you're putting too much in it because we talk about this all the time. When you have yeah. memories collected, you want to curate them. You want to choose things that are few in number and hopefully pretty small so that you can enjoy them and collect them and they don't overwhelm you with, or that they take up so much room that it just becomes a huge element in like how you manage your household. Yes. You, know, you want to keep yes. things, you, you don't want to you know, beef up on all that stuff. Well, and I like the idea for this, Gretchen, that it can be for everyone in the household. Because yep. I think we do a lot of saving things from the kids. Yes. But the idea that 2023, like for our family, what was important with Jack, what was important for me and for Adam, and yep. of course, Nacho and Daisy, <laughs> that gives you a whole picture instead of right. just the child memories. Right, because you're right, because it's very typical to do like baby's first year or yeah. high school or something. But yeah, you could imagine doing it for something like my first year as a solopreneur or college years, but then like doing it as a family, I think that's a great idea. It's a different way to have a kind of a snapshot of time. And then, Gretchen, if people don't want a box, you also have your memento journal. I 
have mine right here, which is, I'm holding it up for anyone on YouTube. Yeah. And yeah. mine, you can see I have this stuff sticking out of it to put in. Yeah. And it's got like pockets. I love that this was inspired by something our grandparents gave oh, us. Oh, yeah. Here it little. is for people who want it. Oh, you have it? Yeah. Oh. But see, it's got like my report cards, like my my handwriting as a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm using this too, which I think is super easy. And I just keep it on my desk and stick things like I like, well, it, I don't know if it's, a, I'm using it as a time capsule is more of a keepsake thing, Yeah. Um, but you could use it for the time capsule. Yeah. So I started thinking like if I wanted to use a memento journal as a time capsule, what, what might I put into it? And so I was thinking you could do things like letters to your future self, the 22 mm. for 22 list, some printed favorite photos, favorite books, TVs, movie of the year. Often that kind of brings a year to mind for you. Things related to my one word theme, mm. postcards, invitation center received. Thank you notes. I like keeping thank you notes, even though I never write them. I yeah. like keeping the ones I receive. Or like an email. If you got an email that was really meaningful, like sometimes you'll yes. like read and reread an email. You email can print that. it out. I mean, print that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, tickets, stubs, all that stuff. That's for things that are like two dimensional. Yeah. Because I think some people like the things I and mean, maybe it's like the wrapper of our favorite new snack food. And then some people want things that are more paper-based. Yes. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Andy Warhol's work, not so much his art, but his writings and his interview and his way of thinking. And one thing that Andy Warhol did is he had this huge project. He made more than 600 time capsules and he would just collect wow. anything related to a time. And he did it like every three months, I think. There are more than 600 of these time capsules and they have stuff like, Food that's gone bad that he just stuck oh, in there, gosh. and then very valuable artworks, and that like the cataloging of this is this huge process. Andy Warhol was very, very focused on different ways to hold on to time. So I've like really resonate with that aspect of the way he approaches the world. It makes you realize like the possibilities of a time capsule. And it would be fun. I mean, to actually, if you had like a box, you could even bury it in the backyard. Like yeah. We're saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like not this box. I think it would just disintegrate, <laughs> um, would, which is maybe would, good. Yeah. But you could have, yeah, you could put it like in a plastic box. Yeah, there's something kind of magical about that. Yeah. But so then the, the bigger question is like, well, why does this make us happier? And I do think that holding on to memories, showing a reverence for the things of everyday life, the things that are important to us, and maybe they're not going to be important to us forever, but they're important to us now. The things related to our identity. You know, you want to hold on to these things, but where do you keep them? Where do they go? Right. You can stick them in a desk drawer, but then it, it, they just become kind of like, okay, what does this all mean? And then this way you can find them. Like you could be like, okay, this is 2022. Let me open it up and I'll have like a coherent picture of that time. Yes. Okay, so Elizabeth, what are we going to do? We've set this as a try this at home. How are we going to try this at home? Yes. Well, Gretch, I'm getting one of your boxes. Um, I'm going to use a box. And I, yeah, I've been trying to think about what I'll put in it. I think something definitely for me with a lightning bolt, because I've been mm -hmm. all about the lightning bolt. Yeah. Probably maybe Jack's school schedule. So are you going to do it for 22 or for 23? 23, I think. I think I like the idea of adding items 
As the year goes. As the year goes, yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do, too. I do have a lot of things related to COVID, and I think I may oh. I may decide to also do one for COVID. Ah, It doesn't yes. quite feel like it's in the rear window yet, so I'm like, okay, let's wait till it's over. Oh, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, because that's something that, like, 25 years from now might be really interesting to see. Yes. And I did gather stuff along the way, but I want to do it for 23, too. Okay, so we're going to do this. Elizabeth, this can be our first item on our 23 for 23 list is to keep a time capsule. Okay. I like okay. that. Yeah. Okay, good. One down, 22 more to go. I know. Exactly. I know. And I have not been doing well on my 22 for 22 list. Like, spoiler right. alert, we will talk about that soon. But if you want to see a time capsule, my friend Adam, who works with me, he has a time capsule that he's done. So he said he would send a picture. So I put that in the show notes if you want inspiration. But let us know if you do try this at home, if you've done it in the past, if you're planning to do it in the future. Do you feel more like a time capsule should be like two-dimensional things, three-dimensional things? Are you doing it for yourself, for your family, for a certain period of time? I do feel like this is one of these things where listeners are going to take it in so many different directions. I'm really excited to hear. So let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 401 for everything related to this episode. Okay, Gretchen, if people want your time capsule receptacles, where (laughs) should they go? Yeah, I mean, you could you could do it in a lot of different ways, but if you want to look at the storage box, go to happiercast.com slash storage box. And if you want to look at the Memento Journal, go to happiercast.com slash journals. It will take you to all the journals and you're looking for the Memento Journal. And you can get 10% off if you use the code time capsule 10. But again, I'll put the the links to that in the show notes if you can't remember. All right, Gretch, coming up, I have a happiness hack for entertaining the first this break. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. 
Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. So Elizabeth, what is this entertaining hack? Okay, so Gretchen, I have a group of people who have like a little dinner party club. We've been doing it for some years now, although we got waylaid by the pandemic. And I had them over the other night. And one thing that I did, which was a big hit, was putting crackers on everybody's placemat. Okay, so Elizabeth, for people who don't know what a cracker is, it's not like a saltine cracker. Right. What is a cracker? It's a, like a cardboard paper tube, which is wrapped in brightly colored paper, um, and it's twisted at the ends. And there's a what they call a banger inside so that when you pull it, it makes a bang and it explodes in a very safe way and makes a bang. And then inside, it doesn't make much of a bang. If you've never done this, it's like, it makes kind of a pop. It's not like an explosive thing. Yeah. And often they don't even, that doesn't even really work, but yeah. Well, (laughs) I've had good luck, but, and then inside the cracker, there's always a paper crown made from tissue paper. There's usually a motto or a joke on a little piece of paper, and then often there's a little toy, maybe dice or a little top that spins or a key ring or whatever it may be. And these started as a Christmas tradition in Britain dating back to Victorian times, Mm -hmm. but they've become very popular, so you can get them for every holiday. So I got Halloween theme because we're getting close to Halloween. You can get Christmas, Thanksgiving with a turkey on it. They even have, I think, uh, Easter crackers, so yeah. Valentine's Day. And it's it's kind of like the fun of Cracker Jacks, where there's a surprise toy inside and everybody can compare their toys and put on their crowns. And, and they look good. Like, I saw pictures of your table, and they add another decorative element. So a it seems festive. like they add fun, and they also add to your tablescape. I know you're all about the tablescapes. <laughs> yes. And I have to say, of course, Gretchen, that I got this idea from Mom. Yes, of course. She showed me a picture of one of her tables, and she had these. And so I did, as you and I like to do, uh, copy Mom's oh, ideas. Yeah. But I found out something new, which I never knew about this, which is what you're supposed to do if you're around a table is rather than everybody do their own cracker, which is how I've always done it, pulling both ends yourself, you cross arms. And so you're pulling one side of your cracker and then your neighbors. Ah. So everyone pulls together and they all go once and it's kind of this fun ritual. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, we've always done it just everybody pulls their own. Yeah. Yeah. So this is whimsy. It's like something to do at a party. It it really is very fun. So one thing, um, but we should say, though, is these are super fun. They can be a little bit pricey. This is a great thing to get after a holiday because they get really marked down. Our mother is the queen of this, getting them after the holiday and then keeping them. And speaking for planning ahead, you know, I have my holiday jumpstart for people who want to start their planning early. If you go to happiercast.com slash holidays, you can get that jumpstart. And one of the things I think is buy step after a holiday so you can get a good bargain. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, you completely inspired me. I'm going to get, they are so fun. Yeah, they really are. And these were particularly cute. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of what it looked like. And now for a four tendencies tip. 
And of course, if you don't know if you're an upholder, questioner, obliger, rebel, you can go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com and find out what the heck we're talking about. But right now, we're just going to jump into the four tendencies. Yes. And this comes from Linda in Kansas City, another Kansas City. Yeah, in Kansas City. I work in a high school and oversee attendance, among other things. We have a senior who has a history of being late to school, and this year is no different. Some days it is even just one or two minutes, but he does not make it to class on time. We have tried giving detentions, talking to him, calling his parents, and we stoop so low as to bribe him with a gift card, but he has nine tardies right now. I really think he has rebel tendencies. What strategies do you think might work? When reading up on rebels, I see it as something he must think is important and is able to do in his own way and in his time. Any thoughts? Interesting. Well, okay. I have so many thoughts. Listen, what hits you first? Well, my first just question is, does it matter if he's late? A hundred percent. Is it really disrupting anybody or causing him not to get his education? Or do you just accept this because yes. it is what it is and it's never going to change? Well, and you and you might say like, well, why should we make an exception for one child? But if they're trying to give him gift cards, it's like, well, what about all the kids who come on time and don't get a gift card? Right. He's yes. already being treated differently. And so I think, yeah, if you're just sort of like, this is just this kid's thing. Also, the fact that he's one or two minutes late absolutely, to my mind, shows that he can do it. He just needs to feel like you're not telling him what to do. Yeah. And they also like a challenge. So if you said something like, well, look, this just seems like something that's not possible for you. Mm. And it's just taking too much of our time and attention to kind of monitor it. So if you're going to be late, you're just going to miss what you're going to miss. And we're just not going to pay attention. Then it might take the pressure off because then he's not being told what to do. Right. And so then he might just feel like, well, whatever. It's just it will take the tension out of it. Now, in terms of identity, they do sometimes like a challenge. So if you said to him, like, hey, you know, no one thinks you could possibly be on time. We have a bet going of how many times you're going to be late. Yeah, exactly. Someone told me, like, oh, if this kid made up his mind, he could be on time for every day for the rest of the year. And I said, are you kidding? That kid, no way he could do that. You know what I mean? So you set up a challenge. That can feel manipulative to people. So I get that. But I'm just saying I've heard from rebels when that kind of thing gets framed for them, it often and does sort of ignite that spirit. He might think a certain kind of kid might think about his being a role model for others. If you're like, hey, look, for you, it doesn't matter. But for some children, yeah. if they're late, it's really going to like hurt them. And I know others look up to you as a senior. I know that you wouldn't yes. want to have other kids suffer or like do worse in school or have a, a worse experience because um, they're just trying to emulate you. But here's something that's really, this is like, okay, going right to the rebel imaginativeness and like their own creativity and thinking about how to go outside the box. So I heard from this woman who said that she had a rebel child, little kid, and he refused to hold her hand when they were crossing a street. Obviously, mm. this is something that is like of life and death importance. This is yes. not something that you can compromise on and hand wave. She's like to the kid, she's like, he wouldn't do it. She wouldn't give up. And, he, and finally, she said, well, look, I'll let you do it in your own way. I can't let you cross the street on your own. It's too dangerous. What, what do you propose? And he mm. thought and he said, I'll hold on to the stroller. Because he had a baby sister who was in a stroller, and she said, uh -huh. you cannot let go of the stroller. And he's like, if you let me hold on to the stroller, I'll do it that way. And then problem solved. So maybe you say yeah. to this kid, hey, tell us, how could you do this in your own way? Yes. And he might be able to come up with something that would be acceptable to everyone. Yeah. Because one or two minutes is suggesting this is not a child who has some kind of like insurmountable 
um, right. challenge. Yeah, he just doesn't want you to tell him what to do. Yes, it yeah. does sound like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's coming one or two minutes means that he takes school school seriously. He's not he's right. not missing first period. Yeah, and I have to say, this sounds like a great school where they're really on top of things. Yeah, no, right. But also I would say, like, to the questioner side of it, for a questioner, it's like, what difference does one or two minutes matter? Why do you right. care if I'm two minutes late? What are you doing in those two minutes? It's like, uh, this is just nonsense chit-chat of school announcements or something. It doesn't matter. So then that feeling of like, why should I care? Why does it matter? That also is can, can kind of get yes. into that. So you want to have an answer of like, well, why do you care? Why does it matter? Jack has a teacher who considers you late if you're not there when the bell rings, even if she hasn't yet taken attendance. And Jack feels strongly that if you're there for attendance, you should not be counted late. Interesting. Maybe he's a questioner. Greg. Maybe because that is definitely like, yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, it was like Eleanor who like they would give you optional math, but then you had to do it. And she's like, if it's optional, I'm not doing it. If it's assigned, I'll do it. But don't tell me it's optional and then tell me to do it. And yes. I was like, I'm with you. Um, anyway, yeah. if other people have great solutions for this, because this is obviously a very specific situation, but you can imagine it coming up in adult context or family context as well, let us know because, you know, the rebel tendency, there's so much power and there's so much creativity and direction. It, sometimes we don't want to make things worse for them just by making them feel like they're being controlled, yes. which is something rebels do not like. Yes. Interesting question. Yeah. And speaking of questions, we have a question for you. We have a little bit of a decorating theme in this episode. So we would love to hear from listeners about what are your hacks and ideas for decorating? Do you have any tips for storing or organizing, curating, displaying, identifying holiday decorations? We heard about using holiday cards as an element of holiday decorations, um, using crackers as a way to decorate easily for the holidays. So let us know because um, these are really interesting ideas and it seems like people get a big kick out of them. Yes, can't wait to hear those ideas. All right, Gretch, coming up, you've got a scheduling demerit, but first this break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, I made such a rookie mistake, and I saw it coming. That's the thing huh. that, that annoys me. So I was traveling from the East Coast time zone to mountain time, which is its own confusing thing, because is mountain time the same thing as Pacific time? Sometimes right. yes, I think, sometimes no. I've never been quite clear, so I just kept, when I was there, I just kept checking, like, what time is it? But I had an appointment scheduled, and I thought that I had enough time before I had to leave for the airport because of the time. But what I didn't realize was that somehow my calendar had adjusted it for local time. And I still don't quite understand what was adjusted where, but I knew I know enough to know that when I'm crossing time zones, it often becomes very confusing. And I made a mistake, and, and then it just took a lot of kind of, it wasn't a big problem, but it took a lot of logistics to reschedule, and it was very unnecessary, because if I'd understood right. the actual time that things were happening, it would have been obvious to me that I had I, I had to leave for the airport when that thing was scheduled for. So I started doing this thing. If people have good solutions, I'd love to know, but I've started doing something that in the notes in my calendar, I will like type out something like, this is 8 a.m. my time or something. Now, if you type certain things, my digital calendar tries to enter it as a thing. So I have to like outfox it. Yes. It is a, a problem of the digital calendar is yes. this exact thing. I think we have all experienced this. Right. It can be very confusing, to, especially if like me, you have a shared calendar. Yes. So if Sarah and I are in two different time zones. Oh my gosh. It's absolute chaos. I don't even... We have no idea when anything is happening. I know. Yes. I, I, yeah. We have to constantly text each other like, wait, what What time is this happening in yeah. what zone? And yes. Yes. We get yeah. very confused. And then I was trying to think, well, what did I do when I used my ye old file of facts? And I'm just like, I always just put it down at local time. And I'm like, when I yes. get there, it'll be 9 a.m. I don't have to think about, well, it would be noon if I were still in New York City because I'm like, no, if I'm in Los Angeles, it's not. It's 9 a.m. So anyway, but it it caused a lot of hassle and a lot of people had to like shuffle things around. And and so it was annoying and and not just to me, but to several other people. So I felt very bad about that. (laughs) But a stumble may prevent a fall. And so, you know, there could be a time where I would like missed an airplane or or, or some critical uh, appointment because I hadn't realized it's a problem. So believe me, I will always be watching that like a hawk in the future. (laughs) How about you, Elizabeth? What is your gold star this week? Well, Gretch, I am giving myself a gold star for entertaining. As I said, I had my dinner party. Yes. And it's not easy for me to entertain. You know, I get very stressed and anxious. We call that hostess neurosis in our family. Yes, hostess neurosis. But I did it and I feel like I presented myself as a fairly relaxed hostess that more so than other times. I don't think I yelled at Adam once. <laughs> well, that's Olympics. That's that. So I, I feel that I'm improving and I'm going to give myself a gold star for that. Well, I give you a gold star too. You sent me a lot of pictures and I had so much fun and I copied them so that I can just as I will often copy mom's ideas, I can copy your ideas the next time I entertain. 
Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And drive-by hack, Gretchen. Yeah. You and I were discussing that if you are hosting something, it can help to have a visual theme. Mm -hmm. Like, I, even though it wasn't a Halloween party, I just used Halloween as sort of a general theme because it was close. Right. Oh, that's a great idea. You could do in February, Valentine's Day. You could do... Right. Just to kind of give you some shape. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of makes it seem like often it gives you like a color scheme to use. Yes. yeah, like it eliminates decision fatigue potentially as well as being more fun and whimsical for your guests. The resources for this week, we talked about both of these. It's the storage box, happiercast.com slash storage box and the memento journal. Elizabeth, hold up your memento journal. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, happiercast.com slash journals. And then it's called the memento journal. And again, if you want to get 10% off at checkout, that's time capsule 10 and you'll get 10% off. Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I'm reading Visual Thinking, The Hidden Gifts of People Who Think in Pictures, Patterns, and Abstractions by Temple Grandin. And I am just about to start This Is Happiness by Niall Williams. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Create a time capsule. Let us know if you've tried it in the past, if you're excited to try it in the future. What are you going to put in your time capsule? How are you going to keep it? How are you going to choose the stuff? We want to know. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. I've heard from several people who, in honor of our 400th episode, said that they sent the link to a friend Aww. of that episode. So thank you very much to Gold Star to the people who did that. And if you want to do it again, we would very much appreciate it. That is how people often discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, how do you come down on the the issue of whether to put your dogs in costumes? Are you a fan of the dog costume or are you not a fan of the dog costume? I am a fan of, of the dog costume. How do you not show a daisy feel about being put in a costume? Yeah, I don't think they like it as much. <laughs> but we're supposed to go to a big corgi gathering on the 29th, which is a costume, a corgi costume party on the beach. So that's going to be... Um, Quite a sight, and I know Adam will be in charge of the costumes because he's all about shopping for the corgis. I must hear all about it and see a photo slideshow. That is a must. Yes. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. 
Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.